and welcome to today's episode of Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I will be in conversation with Annie Grace as we talk about the work that she does in Circle, helping people to connect to spirit and mediumship, and also how she explores energetic healing and providing Akashic record readings. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you ever so much for being here today. So it's the first time I've ever met you. I know. I've heard so many good things about you. I've got friends that go to your psychic circles. Yeah. Um, obviously, you work with my husband. Yes. And um, he recently came and did a sound bath at one of your events. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great to meet you. I know you too. Thank you. <laughs> so who are you and what do you do? Yeah. So um, I'm Annie. Um, I'm known as, as Annie Grace Healing, I think, on Instagram. Um, and I do psychic mediumship work and uh, I do Akashic record readings as well. Um, and then I do Reiki as well. So there's that. And then um, alongside of that, me and my husband run a wellness centre, which is Go Deep Flotation. So we do the sensory deprivation therapy and infrared sauna. And then sometimes we combine both of the therapies and all the therapies together. Um, so people can just kind of come and do whatever they want. But uh, yeah, my focus is is the spiritual side of it and the readings is kind of where I'm thriving at the minute. It's kind of my favourite part. So Brilliant. So obviously most people I know that are doing this sort of work have had some sort of journey to get them to that point. So mm-hmm. what sparked your interest in this? Oh, do you know, a lot of people always said to me, did, did this happen when you were younger? And for ages I was like, no, I never had this as a kid. I, it wasn't something where I was seeing dead people at the end of my bed. But then actually, looking back on it, I remember the amount of times at home where I'd just get up in the middle of the night and I was just adamant that the TV was left on somewhere because mm-hmm. I could just hear a conversation in the house between two people. And I'd go into my mum and dad's bedroom and they'd be asleep, pitch black, silence go downstairs, pitch black silence. I was like, where is this noise coming from? And I could always hear it, um, but I never really thought too much of it. I did have a spiritual experience where I did see uh, a spirit <clears throat> when I was about seven, uh, and that was very, very clear, very, very vivid. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Um, and again, I just kind of was like, oh, that was cool, <laughs> and then just kind of left it. Um, and then I guess... It was kind of heading into my 20s. I've always been obsessed with all the ghost programs, mm-hmm. ghost adventures. Um, <laughs> what else was there? Taps. That was a good one. Zap Bagans. Followed all of that. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And then I guess probably when I turned about 20, 21, I'd been through a reading when I was 18. And that kind of sparked me. I was like, oh, this okay. is interesting. So then I kind of made it like an annual thing. I was going to go for a reading. Then I started to really get into the spiritual and holistic side of just life, you know, in terms of the energy healing, crystals, tarot cards, oracle cards. Then I went for a reading, I think, with someone when I was about 23. And the lady who was giving me a reading said, I think you'd be really good at this. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, I do. I really think you'd be good at this. You should come and try a workshop. Okay. And so I was open to it, but I really didn't think, I get anything through because I've never even tried it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what psychic exercises were, anything like that. 
And anyway, I went to one of these workshops and we did photo readings where you're reading energies from photographs and trying to pick up how the person died and who they were, what their character was like, um, you know, the injury, things like that. Um, and I just did really well in it. I just picked yeah. up loads of stuff and, you know, one woman next to me, her face just kind of dropped. She went, oh yeah, that's my grandma. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then after that, I was just hooked. I really was just like, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. This is the most exciting thing I've ever done. So then I joined a circle. Um, and I was in that circle, I think, for about eight years. Um, but I think for about five of them, maybe even a little bit less than that, probably about four years, I was just kind of practicing it as something... Mm -hmm. That I was just doing alongside work and things and then after a while I kind of felt ready and I was like okay I think I'm going to start charging. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. so I started with my £10 readings <laughs> and I was just charging £10 for an hour um, and it was just with practice really and I was reading for my friends and family and I'd you know message my friends and say you know have you got any relatives or that I can read photos of anybody that's passed over just to see if I could practice getting mm -hmm. it right and um, because the thing with any kind of psychic work you don't you can get a certificate but you can't get a certificate for how good you are yes it really is just a case of practice 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 mm -hmm. and it's you're being marked essentially on the feedback that people give you yeah that is the your grading mm -hmm. system basically so it really was if you want to get better you have to keep doing it it's yep. like a muscle you train 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 so um so I just practiced whenever I could. I was even pulling photos of celebrities that had died that I didn't even know anything about. So I'd pull someone like Vera Lynn. I obviously knew her name, but that was about it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go to Wikipedia after I'd done the reading and see where she was born and what she did, what her parents were like, and see if it all kind of matched up. So um that was kind of where it all started was in the 20s and yeah by sort of 26 27 I was really really starting to enjoy it I'd done my reikis on the side as well um and then sort of in the last four years I then did the Akashic Records course and got trained in that and certified in that um and yeah and that's that's it it's just part of my life now amazing I mean, that's been really interesting for me to listen to, like the dedication and commitment that you mm. had to keep putting into practice. Because I think there's some people out there that say, well, either you've got it or you haven't. And if you haven't got it, you can never develop or it's just there. And I think it's nice and probably reassuring for people that are listening to know that if they've got maybe some ability, yeah. it can be developed if they want to. It's just that yeah. practicing in the right way that's going to help them. It really can. And yeah, and, and it, it's funny when people say, because the amount of people that I've taught where this it's been so far off their radar radar doing anything like that mm -hmm. so they'll come in for for reiki and they're quite skeptical and not quite sure about it and mm -hmm. you know, we'll just try reiki see how you get on and then they love reiki and they're just like okay so what do you do with the readings i'm like oh well we talk to anybody that's in spirit and then we'll look into your past and present future i'll talk to your guides and we'll pull some cards yeah yeah, yeah i think i want to do that so then they'll go into that and then you know, they, they they love that. And then they're just like, so what's the Akashic Records? And I'm just like, okay, so the Akashic Records is looking into your past lives, your soul's purpose, things like that. And so to see somebody really progress spiritually and just open up has been amazing. 
Um, and a lot of people like that as well, where they've come from not really believing in it mm -hmm. to then wanting to practice it has been a major shift. And, you know, a lot of the times during the workshops, it's the people that don't believe they're going to get anything mm -hmm. kind of came because their friend told them to come. Yeah. And they're the ones that are getting messages from somebody's past father-in-law that's died. And it's just so interesting to see and to see the excitement on their face at the end when they realize they got stuff right mm -hmm. and they're just trying to work it out in their head like how did I get that right it doesn't make any sense so yeah it's it's huge and it really is I think as well just in general for people's connection to spirit it's something that that we can easily embed into our life on a daily basis mm -hmm. um for so many reasons as well, even, you know, with people struggling and things like that. So, yeah, it really is about helping people just kind of have that connection and to open people up. And once you have the connection, it never goes away. Yeah. That's the beauty of it is that you'll always have that connection. So you can be really busy with life and things that are here, like your family or kids or a bereavement, and you could totally come off the spiritual meditations readings connections but you can go back to it in two months time when you're ready and they're all yep. still there they're all your cheerleaders they were like yeah we're here let's carry on you know from where we left off so yeah it's really interesting to see I really like it I think as I've become more aware of sort of spirituality and have become more spiritual I found it very comforting mm. that there is so much more out there that everything's so much more vast and beautiful and complex than we could ever imagine yeah but there is that support and that guidance there for us yeah all we need to do is tap into it yeah it's huge and it it makes me it, what was it I had someone that talked to me about it um a colleague last year and he was kind of asking me about it and he was a massive atheist and I just kind of said to him I was like so what I, I didn't want to change his mind or anything like that it was just an open conversation about it and I was like what are your beliefs on on kind of you know what happens and he says well you know I believe that there's nothing after this so it's so important to make the most of every day the way I live my life the way I raise my children and I just have a really good life mm -hmm. and if I turn to nothing I turn to nothing if there's something there there's something there and I said well I have the same belief only that I believe that something's there. So I believe that I should live my life to the fullest, raise my children well, look after everyone, do the things I need to do here. And if I go, there's something. And if I go, there's nothing, there's nothing. Yeah. So it's funny how you can have such a similar belief pattern mm -hmm. and be so, or they think it's so off the wall and complete opposite when actually we're just following the same path. But your mindset is like slightly different to mine. Yeah. But we both have the same outcome, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? It's yeah. so funny. So so yeah. It, it's um it's been great to see and yeah it's it's great. Oh how amazing. Mm. So obviously you mentioned a bit about the akashic records and um, I don't know if you know but I do sort of past life regression a lot. So I take people to their past lives. Mm -hmm. We explore them through all the significant events within that relevant past life that we're looking at. Yeah. Go through the death go to the in-between life state, so reflect back on the life of what did they learn? Has anything come through to this life? Mm. Who was connected in between the lives? Is there any healing that needs to be done? And we do that. Any clearing that needs to be done? Mm -hmm. Any interacting with any other souls looking at life purpose in this lifetime? Yeah. So I'm just a bit more 
intrigued. Yeah. Um, obviously, because I know a lot of people that listen to this will have heard of past lives because they'll hear me rattling on about mm-hmm. it. But they might not have heard about sort of how the Akashic record sort of work, works, how you do that. So would you be able to explain yeah. a bit more? So that's interesting. So everything you're saying is completely resonating with me because it's everything that I touch on mm-hmm. in a reading. Um, so rather than the person that I'm reading going in themselves and experiencing that and, you know, through the regression, I'm going in. And what happens, I have the same layout every time I go into it. And in the reading, I will take, there'll be me and my spirit guide and uh, the person I'm reading and their spirit guide and we'll take a trip to the halls and everybody has their own building with all of their records in and we go into the building just essentially you've probably seen it it's just like a massive library Mm -hmm. full of all their records everyone's is slightly different in and it's so weird some people's are very (laughs) futuristic and modern so you know that they're from like a different star system they're not here yeah um so that's kind of where they're rooted some people like you walk in it's like a jungle so you know that they've had like a lot of real primal tribal earlier lifetimes Uh that they're really connected to so it's really interesting to see the different um things that are connected to that soul on a soul level yeah and and what's kind of stuck with them the other thing that i see with the library as well is they've told me about the dimensions of it so the width and the depth of it so if it's longer on the width wise i know that they've done quite a lot of lifetimes mm-hmm. if it's shorter i know that they haven't done that many and they've still got quite a bit to go yeah And then the depth is what they're kind of learning through that lifetime. So if somebody's got a really long in width and then it goes really far back, I know that they're kind of coming towards the end of their fulfillment Mm -hmm. and that they've done a load of lifetimes, but actually they've gained a lot out of the experiences that they've had. So they're kind of getting to the point where they're fulfilling their contract. Mm -hmm. And then the shorter ones that are slightly narrower, you can tell it's more of the new souls that are here and they're just, they've got quite a bit to go. (laughs) If you get that, it's a bit like, oh, it's good. But actually, you've got quite a fair way to go. And then what we do is I take them to, on the left side, there's always a table um, full of keepers. And they're all the people that look after the records or all the beings that look after the records. And then one being will stand forward at a podium with a massive book. Mm -hmm. And that is the spokesperson for me. So I ask, so the person that sat in the chair will ask me the question. Mm -hmm. I will go in my head, ask the spokesperson and they will literally flick to a page in the book Mm -hmm. and then they will talk to me about that. So if they go in and somebody says, you know, why, why am I struggling with um, trust in relationships, in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, romantic relationships? So I'll go back and ask that question. They'll flick to and I'll kind of dive into the past life where it's originated from see what happened and then usually they will tell me the connection there Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had it before but I find it really interesting as well I get a lot of um, past life traumas where it's a physical trauma but it's then transitioned into like an emotional or mental trauma yeah so it's really interesting so I had one guy for instance where what was it he'd been he'd been hit oh that was it oh yeah so he had I saw him in a past life and he had fallen out of the sky and landed on the sea. He smacked the back of his neck in what I thought was a plane. And so it was like he crashed in a plane. He'd hit the back of his neck in this plane crash. And then 
it was filling up with water, so he was drowning. But then it felt like I just kept being brought back to the neck. And I said, I feel like you're constantly looking over your shoulder and you you have to watch your back, basically. Yeah. And he said, yeah, that is exactly how I feel on a daily basis. I always feel like I'm looking over my shoulder at something and it feels like it's stemming from there. Mm-hmm. But he also said that during the whole of his 20s, he had insomnia and he just had a recurring dream where he was in a plane in mm-hmm. the sky that crashed in the sea <laughs> and he drowned. Wow. And he had it for years and yeah. years. And then I think he had some therapy and he managed to to kind of block it for a bit. But yeah, yeah I always find those ones really interesting. So yeah, they're, it's very similar, I would have thought, um, but it's just more me kind of dipping into it. So the belief and the teachings, I guess, behind the Akashic Record readings from the training that I've had with Linda Howe is it's very much the words that you're hearing heals your energy paradigm around you. It makes that shift in your energy field Mm -hmm. uh, just from hearing what it is that's going on. So I struggled to understand that because I'd never had an Akashic Record Mm -hmm. reading. So for a long time, I was like, is this even working? (laughs) (laughs) Or am I just spilling off all this rubbish Mm -hmm. to people? But every time, people have been you know, absolutely blown away with the Akashic Record stuff. Amazing. And usually the day after, they say they feel a lot clearer uh-huh. and they don't think about the issues that were, were coming up, which Brilliant. is really interesting as well. So That's fascinating. Yeah. So have you still never had an Akashic reading? No. I've only done my, I've done my own records. Yeah. So I dip in every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find that you, if you dip in, you can do one area, but you could do it for like an hour. Yeah. So I could look into my career mm-hmm. and but I could ask, you know, I always say to people, prepare six to eight questions because that will take an hour. Yeah. Because by the time you've dissected it all and you've looked at the root causes to mm-hmm. the lifetime it happened and then the teaching yeah. is and then what they want you to do going forward to, to fully remove that, mm-hmm. it's it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. It really is. So um so yeah, it's been really interesting to to do but yeah I couldn't find anyone I know there's quite a few people that do it now mm-hmm. sort of around the UK and around the world and stuff um but when I first did it I didn't know anyone that could do it um I just didn't I just didn't know people that could do it and a lot of my clients I say about 50 percent of them are remote now so all around the UK yeah. and you know America Canada had a, a bit of a hit in Mexico oh, recently nice. yeah she's been a bit <laughs> random and Ibiza Wow. Yeah. Great. So yeah, it's all it's all been everywhere, which mm-hmm. has been good. Brilliant. Mm. Oh, I think I might have to come at some point just because I've always got past life stuff. Mm. So I can clear a lot of it myself. Um, or sometimes I get Pete to do it. Sometimes I get him to take me into past life regression. Yeah. And then sometimes if my students ever need anyone extra to practice on, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> to be a volunteer. Yeah. Um, but I really am intrigued by that from what you can see mm. from your perspective, particularly sort of the hall or wherever you're at. Yeah. So I might just have to come just for the experience yeah. at some point in the future just to try yeah. something different. It's good to do it. And you'll probably find as well that a lot of it will resonate with you. It's just like, oh, yeah, I definitely felt that before. Or I can see where that's going with that. And, yeah, it's amazing how it just tallies up. And, you know, I always say as well, like, it's funny how... You know how in life where you just get stuff that starts cropping up and it's stuff that you haven't thought about for years or months mm-hmm. and you're just like, 
why is this coming up now? Yeah. And now I do it now, whereas before I'd kind of push it aside mm-hmm. before all of this, and I'd be like, oh, don't want to think about that anymore. Like, yeah. that's in the past. Whereas now I go into it, and mm-hmm. I go into the meditation, I go and meet that person's spirit, and I'm like, why is this coming up now? Yes. And we have a chat, and then the next day, it's like they're gone. Mm-hmm. And that situation or the anger behind that situation and things just disappeared. It's because I've dealt with it finally. <laughs> Which is amazing, isn't it? I'm yeah. the same. Like I see any interactions that I have with other people as an opportunity. Yeah. If they trigger anything in me, if they make me feel slightly uncomfortable or there's any sort of unhelpful emotions, I'm like, well, what's the root of that? Yeah. Where does that come from? How can I clear that? Because I don't need that with me anymore. No. And I think it's really empowering when you get into this sort of thing mm-hmm. because it lets you realise that you can liberate yourself from anything that's holding you back mm-hmm. and it gives you freedom and choice and flexibility. Yeah. And how lovely is that? I know, absolutely. It really is just just very eye-opening. Like One of the things that I really struggled with when I first started, so my mindset, which I guess has just been from how I've been as a person growing up, was to be someone that would just give advice. So I was mm-hmm. an advisor. So you know how you get like people that are quite good at empathizing and then you get people that just give advice yes you know it's not oh my god I'm so sorry to hear that are you okay it's have you thought about doing this because that would really help you yeah and and then it would just go to frustration that you've not listened to my advice so whereas and then I started doing this work I was like oh my god people need hugs people need someone to listen to them and say I'm really sorry that you're going through that Mm -hmm. you know um and just try and talk them through it and just be heard yeah. And when I kind of realized what I was doing sort of quite early on, Reiki really helped with that mm-hmm. because you're healing people yeah. and a lot of the time it's emotional. Mm-hmm. So really stepping into that and going, actually, I can't come from this from a place of you need to do this and you yeah. need to do that. It has to come from empathy. Otherwise, I'm not going to do well in this career. Absolutely. So I did. I, ch- I completely changed the way I am. Like I'm still... I'm still a little bit tough on the outside, <laughs> um, but I definitely think I've softened up tenfold and I feel like I've, I'm able to listen a lot more than what I used to. Mm-hmm. And I try and then embed that into life as well, like, yeah. you know, with friends and family and stuff and try and come from a place of, of listening mm-hmm. rather than, you know, before I remember it was straight away, it was, have you done this and do you need to do this? Whereas I just make sure I hear them now. Yeah. It's so important. It really is important, isn't it? People yeah. need to be seen and heard. Absolutely. So. Oh, amazing. I think it's lovely how you've highlighted there that when you start going into something like this, it starts to change and develop you as a person as well. Yeah, huge. You'd be, you'd be really in a bit of a pickle, I guess, if you weren't doing anything where things weren't actively helping you because, yeah, you just I can't see you being on a spiritual journey. And if you started it like, yeah, I'm fine. This is great. I'm really good at this. I don't need to change anything. No, no. <laughs> we all know that there's stuff that we need to change, and especially the Akashic Records, because that is going on on a soul level yeah. and kind of really pulls apart why you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first time I ever did my records, um, I used to type on a computer, so i do automatic writing and I'd just type whatever spirit was saying mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then I wouldn't even read it. I'd leave it for a couple of weeks. And then I'd go back and sit down one evening and read everything I'd written. Mm-hmm. And the first one I ever did, I think I wrote down was something like, what, what am I here for? And one of the biggest things was you're here to heal your heart chakra. 
Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was, and that made a lot of sense to me because I really struggled with my emotions and opening up and being able to communicate how I was feeling and things like that. And and then this last year, I've had really bad anxiety all over my chest. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh God, okay, that is what the healing of the heart chakra is about. Yeah. So that has been my lesson uh-huh. this year and kind of softening into the spiritual side of it, you know, making sure that I'm kind of going from a place of softness and opening up and then also just making sure that I'm looking after the heart chakra in general. So, and I don't think I realized that until I opened my laptop up a few weeks ago and I read it and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I even wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's been the focus. So. Yeah, it's really interesting what what comes up, but it's so important. Mm-hmm. And you know, people always say to to me and Kieran, like, "Oh, you know, you guys, you've done so much work, and you know, I want to be at your level." And it's like, no, no, I feel like I'm at the starting line. Yes. I really do. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm. I don't even feel like I'm halfway. Yeah. In terms of development, anything like, mm-hmm. and I think as well, once you kind of get into this practice, you, you've just got so much lined up for yourself. Yeah. And you know there's so <laughs> much you can do like on the way and where you see yourself and actually we can create this and I want to do that in five years time and then do this. And it's just, there's so many opportunities to do this that, yeah, it, it makes me laugh when people say that. So I'm like, that's great. And I love that you're saying that. However, that is not the case. So please don't feel like that. Yeah. Because we've all got like so far to go, so far, you know, unless you, you come in sort of at awakened level and you're a guru and, you know, living in India in a mountain, that's mm-hmm. just not possible. And I think as well, we always say like, if you're in the Western culture, that is the biggest thing is that you've got to adapt. You've got to take those Eastern practices mm-hmm. and that spiritual aspect of your life. And you have to deal with the fact that you're still human. Yes. You're still going to have to deal with work stresses, people being, you know, talking about each other behind their backs and family dramas and, uh, you know, people breaking up with each other and petty things. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to deal with it all. And you are going to slip into that. And I know people always talk about how can I stay or keep working on the spiritual level. My view on it from what I've seen from spirit is you're here to be human. Yeah, You're here to step into those emotions and experiences mm-hmm. and be human. So yes, you can come at it, but I think you have to uh, attack those uh, situations with spiritual aspects, mm-hmm. but also the human aspects. So feeding into those human emotions of why I'm oh I'm angry oh I am really angry with that person yeah but why am I angry yes and then you can take that spiritual practice that you've looked into and that you practice seeing if you can apply that and then see what your response is but we're all humans so you know you're gonna have responses in that where they're gonna be you're gonna look back on it and you go I can't believe I reacted like that it's it's just in you you know Mm -hmm. even as mums like the stress (laughs) is of being a parent and people think that you live this beautifully zen lifestyle where really you've you know it's Saturday morning and you've got food all in your hair from the baby and the other toilet you know Bobby would be potty training somewhere and there'd be a wee on the floor and you just think oh my goodness like this is life yeah you can't then deny that that's not all going on and then there's the spiritual aspect of it like you've got to try and blend the two together absolutely so yeah and I mean I think being a mum's really hard. I mean, my children are a little bit older now, but I remember one time 
where I'd taken my children, I think it was walking home from school. So I had my youngest that she'd started reception. I mean, my oldest started reception. Then I had two little ones. So I had buggy board, buggy, three children. I had to walk home because I think the car was in the garage or something. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all three of them just had a meltdown all at the same place in the street. And they just wouldn't move. No. And I stood there for an hour. And in the end, I just cried. And I thought, I'm never going to deal with this. Who's going to help me? How am I going to get home? Yeah. Pete Pete will get home and there will be no food. And there'll be no food. And he's not going to know where I am. Yeah. And in those moments, you have to just accept that you are a human. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's all you can do. (laughs) It's just so, it's so real. And I kind of love that as well. Like spirit of bringing you back down to Mm -hmm. your life and making you realize like this is what it's about and you do any kind of spiritual work and you know you can talk about growth and you know how do I become enlightened like I don't see the point in enlightenment whilst you're here like yes get to a spiritual level but and come to approach life at a very high level mm-hmm. and uh, use those teachings and things like that but you're never going to be fully at the top yeah when you are living like you would be if you were you know um living in nepal in you mm-hmm. know tibet like great <laughs> you could do that and you would be able to be cut off from society meditate for nine hours a day or whatever it is and live the most beautiful peaceful lifestyle and see life as mm-hmm. this complete utter beauty but we're in a Western society where we are living these really hard times. You know, people are struggling with money and, you know, COVID with everything that happened with that and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's really been a challenging time. Mm-hmm. I know you probably find it as well with a healer. Like you're, <laughs> what I've realized this time around is that you're constantly surrounded by other people's grief. Yes. And that really hit me this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what triggered the anxiety as well, because I suddenly felt like everything was like this all the time. And it started to make me forget that, you know, not everything is, is this awful. Like some people have had a really, really hard time yeah. and it's awful. But because that's your only line of work and those are the yeah. only type of people that you're bringing in because they, they, they've come for healing. That's, that's what yeah. you're doing. I forgot for ages and I was like, oh, just remember that there is all this other light and lovely stuff out there and it's not, you know, on this low vibration of of suffering all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the line of work you're in. Yes. So once I realized that, I kind of breathed again and I was like, okay, you're good. You're fine. Mm -hmm. You can embed the two. It's fine. Yeah. And I know I'm fine because I deal with an awful lot of really deep traumas and a lot mm. of dark things for people. Mm. And I really have to remember that, that, do you know what? There is a lot of lightness out there. There is a lot of good. Yeah. Because when you're surrounded by it all, mm-hmm. um, it can become all-encompassing. And then you start to think, oh, that's all there is. And there's yeah. no hope. There's no hope yeah. for humanity. There's no hope for anyone. Yeah. And it's not true at all. There's no. beauty in people in the world around us. Yeah. It's just sometimes easier to see than others. Yeah, it really, yeah, it really did kind of hit me this year big time because I was just, I was getting so just kind of, that's all I saw. Mm-hmm. It really was. And because you spend a lot more time working than you do seeing the people in your life. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really difficult to, to just be like, okay, this is just a portion mm-hmm. of my life and this is, I'm here to help them in yeah. any way I can. But then actually, like I said, there's this other 
mm-hmm. section of my life, which is beautiful and the kids and the friends and family and all of that is is great. So to just go back to enjoying that as mm-hmm. well. Oh, well, well done. Well done for recognising oh, thanks. That. It took a while. <laughs> Jeez. So going back then, obviously, you guide a lot of other people through this journey mm-hmm. and you help them so as well as just coming sort of maybe for a one-off reading. Like you say, you also do your development groups. Yeah. So um, I'd like to know a bit more about that, particularly because I'm going to be joining your yeah. circle in January and I'm really, really nervous. So okay. I deal with lots of very specific things. And I've told you a bit about my work. So I do spirit release work. I do energy clearances so I can tune in to people, animals, mm-hmm. places and clear them. Yeah. All that side's fine. And then like the healing and the Reiki side's fine. But I'm so nervous about things like if you hand me a photo and I've got to try, I, there's that thing, that perfectionist bit, what if I'm not right? Yeah. Or that, what if I can't find somebody's dead relative or something yeah. like that? It's nerve wracking, but yeah. I'm really excited as well because I think it's going to develop me in areas that I don't know if I can do stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting, but I want to know more. What do you yeah. do? So we, what we do in the circles, so what I try and aim to do uh, is I just do them at the cabin at mine. So it's usually between about six to eight people. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and get people to come once a month and, and do it regularly. So it's like a regular practice for them. Um and I have two groups running at the minute and then one group online for people that aren't local. And we just, it will always start with a guided meditation where I will do the rooting, grounding, protection, activate the seven chakras and then we'll go and meet your spirit guide. So I'll do different kinds of meditations. I'll do a lot of work with the Ascended Masters and the Archangels. So I will write a... Um, meditation a guided meditation where we'll go and meet one of the ascended masters mm-hmm. and bring them in for the evening as to how we're going to use them and the skills and get any messages from them as to how they can help us as well mm-hmm. um so always with a guided meditation and then it's just about reading other people in the group so we'll use we can do automatic writing we did psychic drawing which was fun <laughs> at the workshop which really threw a lot of people actually because Bear in mind, some of these women have been coming for three or four years. Mm-hmm. We'd never done it before. Wow. So you pull in a new uh, task like that and they're just a bit like, whoa, mm-hmm. I haven't done this before. I'm so used to a way of doing it. But um, the spirit work is always to do with trust. Yeah. You have to trust what's coming in to the point mm-hmm. where a lot of the time, and I always say to people in the circle, just remember you're sat with six or eight people, you're picking up on energies from every single person in this room. As much as I want you to sit there and read the person that I'm telling you to read, yep. you might then start picking up on someone else's relative. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, I'd say maybe 85% of the time, we are doing a reading. And if somebody's talking about someone and the person's saying, I don't know who that is, like I can't resonate with it, things like that. Someone from behind will go, yep, that's dad. He did this. He looked like that. He wore this. That's his car. Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense. So it really is about trusting spirit. And that's all essentially I'm getting people to do. And I think it doesn't go away that need to trust them. Like I still, if I have a bad reading Mm -hmm. where they've either been quite cold and quite closed off from me and I'm trying to read them and I'm thinking oh my god I'm getting all of this wrong and 
you know, and they're sat there and they're going, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's it really does shatter your confidence. Yeah. Because like what I said at the beginning, like you're just going off their feedback to know whether you're Mm -hmm. good or not. So um, that can be quite unnerving, but we all have it where we just have bad weeks or bad readings, but you might find that you can read really well for one person, the next person you can't get anything from them. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all very different the the group is a very safe space as well so we all talk about things um but it doesn't leave the room so yeah. it's all very personal and things like that some people that come into them they can have quite an emotional time and i think we had one week a couple of months ago where i think everyone cried oh. it was just this big <laughs> emotional pit it was just everyone was just having a hard time but they all just needed that release yeah and it was it kind of was i haven't really had many like that but i actually found that one really moving i bet because it just felt like such a shift for so many people Mm -hmm. where they just people would just kind of nail it on the head with their readings and it just would open that floodgate and they just needed that release so things like that have been really interesting but the groups are really really my main focus and i think my purpose with the group or what I feel like it is that spirit are telling me to do is to just help people open that gate Mm -hmm. but know when to close it yes and to know what to let in and what to not let in which is so important because obviously you know some of the work that I do Mm -hmm. is um clearing darker entities um lost souls that haven't gone to the light and quite often sometimes it's completely coincidental but sometimes it's because somebody has opened themselves up not really knowing what they're doing has I've had people before that have invited in a guide because they've decided it's a guide or they've decided someone to help them and it's become quite apparent that it's not it's something else mm-hmm. and they haven't learned that discernment and that mm. distinction yeah um, so I think that's so vital so I'm so glad to hear that you do that oh yeah it's so so important and you know it's like what we we're saying earlier like my I'm kind of teaching them as well that you you know we're starting to get you can get imposters essentially that will come in I've had it quite a lot with readings in the past uh where it's been they've been pretending to be somebody in spirit I had one I remember was probably quite early on when I started doing readings and I was meditating before a reading and I always used to see my great granny and um I remember my looking at what I thought was my great granny and her eyes were different Mm -hmm. and I knew something was off and I looked yeah. at my guide and he just shook his head as, and I could feel him just kind of say to me telepathically, he was like, it's not her. Yeah. And I just said something to clear him and then I just saw it kind of like almost like hiss at me. Yes. <laughs> and then just flew off and then my guide just because he's like a big angel being and he just grabbed his wing and he just shielded me and I was like, okay, I'm fine, I'm good. But yeah it's so important I'm very careful about who comes into the space as well yes so um I'm not very often I will let people bring people yeah just in case um so I I like to kind of almost vet them I guess is that the right way important though isn't it because if you've got something that's either very emotionally unstable or disturbed yeah or they might have a different agenda for being there and it could invite things in that are not safe or... Huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely huge. And that is exactly it. Like some people, some people just need readings. They're yes. not ready to do the work. And mm-hmm. 
if you're coming into circle, it's because you want to learn how to do it. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with the fact that I'm training people to essentially do my job. Yep. Suddenly thought about it the other day. I was like, maybe I should start approaching people that are not in Lincolnshire. <laughs> but then I think it's fine because I mean, I'm I'm a trainer in hypnotherapy and past life, and I do have people from different parts of the country. But I also have a lot of local people, yeah. and a few times people have said, "Well, are you not worried? You're training people up no, to take down." I'm like, "No, there's plenty of people that need to be helped out there. Absolutely. There's enough people that need supporting for us all. Yeah. And the more we can do things to a really high standard, yeah. the more it then builds the reputation of what we do. And do you know and what? More this, people turn to it. They're so different as well, and that's what I love. Like, I'm quite happy for people around here to do it, where you know they can't. I can't offer what they're offering. Yes. And they can't offer what I offer. So um, I have a lot of women in my circles and they're very angelic and they're very soft and mm. they give this. And some people really need that. Yeah. So I send them to them Yeah. because I'm like, actually, I don't think my type of reading is what you need. I think you need to go to that person. Yep. And even the same with Reiki. I've done it before with Reiki. It's, sometimes I don't feel like I'm the right person to do that work. Mm -hmm. I'll send them to something else. Me and Kieran always say, like, you know, there's not one pizza restaurant in Lincoln there's yeah. hundreds yes and they're all different companies and they're all different styles and they're all different themes like you know you can't own that type of therapy yeah so Absolutely. you know I would rather you know try and do what I can to to spread it like you said and teach people as as much as possible mm -hmm. um to train them to do it safely Absolutely. And uh, to get the most out of it so that they, they can pass the knowledge on as well. So, yeah, it's been um, it's really interesting. And I, I, it's quite nice, actually, because a lot of the women at the minute, I think, are going to eventually train. And there's a couple of people in there where I just say to them, well, you should be doing this. Like, you sh like, they're better at mediumship than I am. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, you have to do this. Yeah, it's it's just it's so in ingrained into you and that oh you know I don't know if I can do it and I'm like no 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 you need to be doing this uh -huh. like you're so good like I could never block anyone from their potential like it's the yeah. whole point of them coming so yeah it does make me laugh and sometimes I'm just like what am I doing and then I'm just like this is so what you're supposed to be doing yeah in terms of it it's so weird isn't it but mm -hmm. yeah we always say that you can't own a therapy and you can't be the psychic in Lincoln no there's Absolutely. probably about 10 20 it doesn't matter but like you say they all do different things and I mean it's uh, every so often I like a reading sometimes mm. and I don't always need a reading but sometimes I just fancy one yeah and I know so many different readers I know so many different mediums different psychics mm -hmm. and it just depends what sort of I'm in the mood for yeah um Sometimes I think, oh, I want this person because they really go into sort of the ancestral stuff. I want this person because they're good at the past life stuff. Or I want this person because they're just, uh, do you know what? Your granddad's come through and they want to say this or mm -hmm. they focus on the future. So I think you get who you need yes. when you need it at the different times. Definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, yeah, it's a really, really interesting group of people that are doing it. Uh, I haven't got any men in at the minute. I did have quite a few men which I really liked because mm -hmm. it's been really nice seeing seeing men tap into that spiritual connection yes. as well um so yeah I'm always open to men joining the groups if they're they're wanting to develop that connection um but yeah it's just a really safe space and it is just helping people get that trust putting those boundaries in place so that they can have that safe connection with their spirit guides, mm -hmm. with their relatives. You know, I get a lot of people where they've had quite a, 
a heavy bereavement and someone really close to them has passed. Yeah. So if I can help them establish that connection, I'm starting to do that in readings now as well. Mm -hmm. Like I'm teaching people at the end, get yourself a deck of oracle cards. Oh, yeah. Go in, take a pen and paper, write the question to, mm -hmm. you know, your dad or your mum, whoever's in spirit and ask them and see what comes through. And I guarantee you that will be them giving you that message yeah. and just kind of getting them used to that connection because they sound awful and maybe I shouldn't say this, but you know, why should you pay to come and see someone mm -hmm. to give you all of those messages when actually you can have that connection to your, you know, the someone that you love that's passed mm -hmm. And connect to them every day and have that safety. Yeah. I want to get them to that point. So mm -hmm. if it means coming sort of once or twice, but then being able to teach them, actually, you can have that and then you can ask them anything. Yeah. I think is really special. It's like what mm -hmm. you said. It, it, it really does help and give you that support. I've definitely found it very comforting. I've, I've still, touch wood, not lost anyone really, really close to me yet, but... For the people that I have lost and that I do come across in spirit, I'm like, oh, you're here. That's so nice. Yes. And I have that connection. I can go and sit with my grandparents upstairs and have a cup of tea with them and, you know, tell them my life story and they'll give me advice. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, it's great. Yeah. So, you know, just bringing that awareness to people and once they kind of open that belief and then they get interest in, in establishing that connection, I'm just all for it because... I just find it so important. It really is important. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's so enriching in so many different ways. Mm. So I think we're probably nearly coming to the end. So have you got any final thoughts or final words or guidance that you would like to give to our listeners? Um, okay. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. I'm just asking. Um, I feel like they're saying, so in terms of 2024, as we're stepping into the new year, Everybody's focus needs to be on their self at the minute. Mm -hmm. We need to be focusing on ourselves and not in a selfish way, but in a way that people need to um, stop giving away so much energy yep. so that they can refill their batteries, essentially. Mm -hmm. So the focus is you. So just make sure you're looking after yourself and your family. You're starting to put those boundaries in place. Look after yourself. Everything will start to flow and just make sure that whatever you do in your life you're tailoring it to around something that you want to be doing in the future that's going to resonate with you in the long term and is going to align with you to fulfill your soul's purpose because that is what we're here for. Amazing. I yeah. love that. Oh, mm. thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. So just before you go, uh, would you like to just recap on who you are again and how people can find you? Yes. So uh, on Instagram, I am Annie Grace Healing um, and also Go Deep Flotation. Um, there'll be a link to our website on there if you did want to get in contact um, for any readings there is the booking system on the website to book in I do remote readings and uh, readings in person as well I also do written readings if you just wanted um, a written reading sent out um, I do Reiki as well so there's that too so Instagram's kind of where I live and also the website for bookings uh, so yeah just find us on there and I think the website is godeepflotation.com I'm not sure I can't remember I just type it in I'm I type it into Google, Google. Because 
I know it, but if anyone asks me, I'm like, oh, what is it? I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's this, and I'm thinking, I should know this by yeah, now. Yeah, I really um, should. Yeah. There's, I know that when you type in on Google, if you just type Go Deep, it comes up with a Janet Jackson song from the <laughs> 90s. So make sure you type in Go Deep Flotation, but there's a whole section on me on there and what I do, so yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. Lovely. And to our audience, thank you ever so much for tuning in today. Take care, and I shall speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now.